Dusty and I babble for 10 minutes, and Scott's like, hey, here's what you do. Start with a cup. If you don't grow, add a cup on your training day. Okay, next question. Simple. <laughs> Why did this take you guys five minutes to not really answer? And the whole basis of my five-minute babble was keeping things simple. So we're doing um, It's Just Bodybuilding. No episode number. Even though some people like the episode number. From I see I there's a few people. There were. People. There, there were. They were against Scott. They were like, what? Like, don't listen to how him. How long I've been an addict. Don't, yeah. don't, don't listen to him. Don't let him stop. Don't let him stop you. Don't make him push you down. I like how they even went out of their way to say, like, I'm with Ron. Yeah. Like, I even said I didn't care. <laughs> no, you you cared according to them. So <clears throat> They're like, I don't believe him. He's just being nice. Yeah. I'm with Ron. Yeah. That's that funny. Was good. That was good. Okay, so what are we doing? We're doing, uh, of course, we've got Dusty Hanshaw, Scott McNally, myself, Ron Partlow. Um, like, share, subscribe, comment, ring the bell. Sorry, I did your thing, Dusty. I don't know why well, I'm glad that. you did because I'm focused on something, so we're good. So, okay, I'll, he'll, he can move his arm. You do the arm thing. Ring the bell. Okay. Dusty's busy. He's got texts to Dusty's do, busy. stuff, you know, other things. I like, how really Dusty, interrupted me. I like how Dusty, he likes ringing the bell because that's his thing, but he's not like emotionally attached to it. He's like, I don't care. You do it today. Yeah. You know, like some guys would feel like they got <laughs> their toes stepped on. Yeah, that was his not, part. Not Dusty. You know? I don't have toes. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So, and yes, do all those things. Actually, the like, share, subscribe, comment, all that stuff actually does help. Scott shows us the back end of episodes where we get more engagement on, you know, and it uh, makes a big difference. Don't say I so, show uh, you the back end of it's anything. It's always about yeah, the yeah. back end. <laughs> it's always about the back end, remember. There's a lot of depth and thickness back there yes. uh, that we didn't know. Wait, what? <laughs> so definitely, you know, and uh, definitely helps. So we appreciate it. And also, too, thanks to Mutant for not only – you know, working with Dusty and I, but also now working with Dusty, I, and Scott as supporters of the show. And they so just want to support the show. Do, do, do they get like a tax credit for doing all this stuff with special needs people or how's that work? <laughs> yeah, there's like, they're probably, they probably pitched it to the accountant. Be creative with this one. So have you met I don't these, actually, these three? I don't trust actually, me. I don't actually want this to cost me money. Let's make this some kind of write-off. Yeah. He's got, us listed, he's got us listed as a charity on his, on his taxes. Yeah. It makes sense, really. These poor, yeah. these poor guys be doing nothing if we didn't help them so yeah 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 exactly so so uh yeah thanks to mutant and of course dusty and i have codes so if you want to go uh on the iammutant.com website and order your shit big ron 20 and dusty 20 and i thought about something ron and this is yes it's all about fairness okay i thought okay. the whole world is about being fair now so here if you live in Canada, use Ron's code. If you live in the United States, <laughs> I knew, that, I knew exactly where that was going. You know what, Ron? You can have all the Canadian orders, all twenty-six. Have of them. All of it's them. going to be great. You can have all of them. How about oh, how about how about even if Dusty just took like the Eastern Seaboard? Yeah, he would probably still. You know, fine. I'll take New York and California. All right, the rest. Yeah, there you go. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Okay. You know, 
We're not going to use so. the electoral college. We're just going <laughs> to you just take those two states and you'll rule the world. Okay, listen, we'll keep it fair. Only the states that truly are red. Okay. Well, it's all of them. Okay, perfect. Moving on. Um, <laughs> shit, I keep I like how Dusty, I truly. I like how Dusty doesn't, he doesn't like get political, but he'll just like drop a nugget in and then walk away. <laughs> yeah. It's like to remind people. It's, a, it's right. Just he just likes to remind people where he stands and then he just walks away. He doesn't make a big deal out of it. He could just be like, yeah, but you know, that's because you're, you know, a fucking liberal, but yeah. whatever. Yeah. And anyway, next so question. I went to Costco the next day and, and I, I picked up the chicken I needed and it was all good. Yeah. Did you did you guys happen to listen to uh, the Rogan that that he had um, that he just oh shit connection lost um, that he just had with Aaron Rodgers? No. Um, so I I watched. Uh, there's you know they put out those highlight clips. Yeah, yeah. I watched one of the highlight clips and I saw one where he tells him to vote uh, vote Republican. Yeah, so that was it. He was like, he goes, well, how do we solve that? He was vote Republican, and I was like. <laughs> And he did that. He just like walked it off. And then he came back and he's like, well, over a million people changed from Democrat to Republican this year. So, yeah, like as a fact, I was dying. But that interview. OK, I always liked Aaron Rodgers, but every time he speaks, I like him more. Oh, OK. And you can tell that they're actually friends because at one point I realized that they forgot they were doing a show and right. they're just talking. I literally I sent it to a couple of people that like love Rogan. And my friend Daniel was like, this is one of the best Rogan episodes I've ever seen. Oh, I'll have to watch it then. Because okay. it was very chill. Like, it, you know, <clears throat> not nothing breaking happens. But it's the longest I've ever been able to watch a show straight through before I had to cut and come back. I was over yeah. an hour huh. at one point, which for me, that's a three-minute time span typically. <laughs> right. So, solid. Yeah. Okay. Check it out, Yeah, people. you know, I, I, I know what you mean, like. I used to watch Rogan all the time when I worked at the office. <laughs> so, I, a lot of I, quotes go on today. A lot of people watching like this program. Working, yeah, there's a lot of people who can relate. People who are my job. People who are working right now while they're watching exactly. this. Yeah, exactly. Working hard. Remember when I used to watch Rogan like all day, like hundreds of episodes, and. Um, you know, they're good because he's a great interviewer. But then there's like the odd episode where you're like, oh, that was like yeah. really great. And it's usually yeah. just because the guest is really cool and is willing to tell the big stories and and the the inside scoops. And you know what I mean? Like, I remember Jake the Snake. That episode was fucking nuts. Like, I remember watching it and just being like, holy fuck. You know, and then dig this for the same reason because Aaron Rodgers says things during this interview. I know the NFL was like, motherfucker. Right. No kidding. Yeah. 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 Gold. Absolute gold. Plus, you know, typically Rogan, what makes him a great interviewer is he speaks like 15% of the time. He just has his guests do their thing. These two were just chatting. They, I, I kept looking at the screen to see if like the steak and rice and the pizza, the margarita pizza had showed up and they were just, you know, at Earl's. Yeah. But they weren't. They yeah. weren't. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And there's also, uh, I really enjoyed a Lex Friedman episode uh, this oh, week. It yeah. was, I can't remember the guy's name, but he's a former CIA agent. Hmm. Ooh. And he had him on. And he was like pretty liberal with some of the stories he told. Like, oh, I was no way. surprised at some of the stuff that he was able to say and he felt comfortable saying, because, you know, he was 
in the CIA for like years. And, you know, like he asked him, Lex asked him, do you think Jeffrey Epstein was in contact with an intelligence agency like Mossad or the CIA or somebody? And he just goes, oh, absolutely. There's no way you have that network of friends and you haven't been you haven't been reached out to at least reached out to or are in contact, whether you know it or not, with someone from like a really high level intelligence agency somewhere in the world that is probably concerned with, you know, someone that you're hanging out with or someone that you're doing business with or something that's going on. And he just said that Epstein with his guest list on his airplane and who he hung out with, it was absolutely in contact no with somebody, whether it be the CIA or Mossad or, you know, there's lots of rumors, right? So just stuff like that. But it was a great interview because he's, he talked a lot about like how much, like it's, it's crazy how, how in depth they're willing to go to get close to someone if they really need to, you know, no, like you're still like me. establishing completely fictitious relationships for long periods of time, like stuff like that. Just really, really crazy what they'll do if they need to, you know, get information from you. Huh. I got to hear that one. That's so, so fascinating because that. they do that when, like, do you remember when the whole bus went down on all the pro-hormones? Like yeah. the very first time? Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. So the company that I was with was one of them that got raided. Um, and what was crazy was they were ordering their products for two years, Holy just shit. establishing, yeah. just letting it roll. And that's why it's funny when, when some of these other companies that got busted over the last few years and thought they were getting away with it. I'm like, they don't knock until you're fucked. <laughs> right. Right. Like they completely, don't knock until you're fucked. completely yeah. fucked. Like, so yeah. the, the idea that you think you're walking out of that cell, well, I got a really good attorney. So do they. Huh. You're fucked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> like pretty, how I used no words and I used a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't say anything. Not I said everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. How how's the week been generally? What what's the news with with Dusty? The week has been crazy because now, you know, our travel schedule, which we already discussed, is kicked up. So I've got my flights for England set, the flights Ooh. for Dubai set. Um, the house is going to be done on the 29th. I got Rogan on the 30th in Atlanta. I added a Georgia game in two weeks in South Carolina that I got to go to. I like to just what, be what, what, what busy. team? What, what, what do you mean a Georgia game? Oh, well, in the South, if you say Georgia, that just means football immediately. Right. So <laughs> Georgia Tech University? Like you're going to a college no. game or what? Yes, but not Georgia Tech. I can't see. Oh, uh, oh uh, it wasn't Bulldogs. in the camera. It looks like the Bulldogs. Okay. Yes, sir. So, yeah. So, what's going that? To Georgia State? Like, what's it? I know there's so many schools. What's what's just, the school called? You just have to say Georgia, and you're all set. Just say Georgia? Okay. <laughs> but, you no, know, it's, um, you know, they're just some little team that won the national championship last year. This is an interesting fact you'll like, Ron. So, okay. Georgia's always been good. Yeah. But Alabama is better. Just they win. They just win just the way it is. And the coach of Alabama, actually, his protege is the coach of Georgia. Hmm. So when I moved to the South, it's like they freaking locked me in a room and they're like, you need a team. That's how it fucking works down here. If you're going to live here, you need a team. 
So I did what any man's man would do, and I was like, well, what team is red and black? Those are my favorite colors. <laughs> so, I'm going to have to wear hats <laughs> and shirts. <laughs> it's, a, it's a whole thing. They need to match. <laughs> I got all the, look at the red chucks. What am I going to do Listen. if the shirt's green? Right? Yeah. I got red chucks. So it's like I can I go. I could also like I, I could use navy blue. It's a possibility, and there yeah. can be some gray. But other than that, all the other teams are off the. Yeah, it can't be yes. like an orange and pale blue tone or something like that. That's just not going to work, you know. No. So I so I watched a couple games, and I really liked their defense. Okay, so I was like, all right, that's my team. Which someone called front running, but it's red and black. I mean, I hate to point this out, but Ron Mutant didn't used to be red and black until I came in. Anyways, <clears throat> back to the thing. So he is correct. <laughs> they are cruising along, being the second best. The only thing that changed last year was me, and then they won. Huh? That's not a coincidence. Who's I changed the game? Whose phone is on? I gotta ask. Somebody's. We, we will get complaints. All over the place. We get we we'll gotta, people who say, you know, hey, there's whose phone's ringing the whole time? Can't you no, turn it off no, for the podcast? Somebody's okay. I'm just checking. I, I got you. Okay, no, no. okay. Thank you. There'd be way more ringing on mine. But anyways, <laughs> so yeah, now I've saved Georgia Bulldogs. They're winning now, and uh, so much so, Ron, that uh, the cigar bar I like. They only have a couple of TVs in the section I like, so I called ahead and was like, "Can I pay and reserve my seats?" the game and he was like uh sure so bam now i have reserved seating for the games you just call ahead and pay a little money and you're all set it's just like anywhere else it's amazing and that's that's funny that's funny you're like you're like you've moved how long ago did you move a little over a year i've changed everything over a year so (laughs) he's moved less than a year ago and it's over a year it's over over a year he's over come on He's built a house. He's got Jack Nicholson seating at the cigar bar for <laughs> Georgia Bulldog games. There you go. There you go. And so you've like, you're like the king of Kensington already. This you're is like my walking town. through town. You're just like strolling down the street like, hey, what's up? Yeah. With my boots on. With your boots on. Right. There that's you go. That's funny. So you yeah, need to pick a team. It's a serious thing. We did the same thing with my friend. We He came down here from Boston, immediately shook him down. He had a little bit more creative way. This is the other you, Ron, Rob. So what he went with was SEC team with the hottest chicks. <laughs> then he wanted a... Um, What's SEC? It's This is a lot for a Canadian. It's just one of the... It's the best. You'll leave it at that. Was, so that, like you have 10, the whole like, is that one of yes. the decisions you mean? Yes. Yeah. There you okay. Go. You got big ten pack and and then so what's so, SEC stand for? Southeastern Conference? Sure. Why not? Fuck if I know, dude. I'm new to this hey, game. Well, it's got to mean something, right? I need to it know. Doesn't it doesn't have to mean has anything. To go it together. has to mean red and black. Remember, I chose a team based on colors. You're trying to get into that. <laughs> You're fucking everything up here. So, anyways, he okay. said, "All right, hottest chicks." Then he was like, "All right, who has a mascot?" that's problematic and has been banned. And then he was like, I need like a scumbag coach, a real <laughs> dirtbag. Like any, right? any sexual scandals or drug. Uh, and he was you know, looking for things, right? So he right. selects Ole Miss. Okay. That's who he goes with. I understood his angles, but then we're watching the game together the other day and it's the end of the half. Okay. 
they're up 21-0 to Troy, which is a team that just sucks, okay? You're already up 21-0. Usually just let things roll. So there's they're going for a field goal to get on the board. Their coach, right before they kick, calls calls a timeout. Just That's what you do against a great team at the end to fuck them up. Not when you're always – right when he did that, I looked at Rob and I'm like, you made a good choice. This guy's a dick. <laughs> He's a dick. Yeah. yeah, so that was it, you know, and uh, that's that his selection was much, but much more in depth than mine, you know. That's funny. He went into like whether the coach was like an asshole. I like that. Yeah, the whole okay. setup. So you've it's it's interesting. I I'm I'm interested in your move. You know, I know there's such a huge like the states is like to to me. I see the states as. Every different like main area, like you got the Midwest and the South, and you know, the, you know, yeah. New York area, and you know, I don't know what you call all the Northeast, yeah. But there's a, like a real like identity that most of the people from that area seem to be like. Oh yeah, embracing oh, no, football us. is you know? is a religion that everyone believes in. Yeah, it's just <clears throat> I know it's crazy. Like this whole Jesus thing is questionable for a lot of people, but football, <laughs> but fuck, there's no. no question. <laughs> <laughs> we can we can agree to disagree on the whole savior situation, but yeah. not on football. So yeah, it's a big thing. Okay, fun so, facts. That is funny. Okay, what about Scott? You had your birthday. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, it's actually tomorrow. So, but True. it was the like my birthday. I guess so. This is a thing. I didn't know this until Victoria's birthday, which was in July. We had like the birthday week. The so it is the week. You get to kind of you know spread it out a little bit. So it's my this is my birthday week. Is that uh, what they're doing now? What I, I don't know. The so, cool kids. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. But so we went on Sad Friday because that's our date day. Date day. Yeah, we take the day off. Although I upload a podcast every Friday morning. Um, then we went to the zoo, Detroit Zoo. It was fun. We got to see all the animals, giraffes. I saw a fuck. Well, there are three of them, gorillas. And I swear to God, because I hadn't been to the zoo in a long time. Like those things are so insane. Like I wonder, you know, I wonder. I had some pictures. I wonder if I can pull this out. Like literally, we're talking like these things look like bodybuilders. Here's a here's a video. But like that thing is insane. Like the muscle on these things is just insane. Here's another shot here. And it it's like you're walking around, you're looking at these things. It was kind of like looking at I can't get the other ones to come up. But it's like you're you're looking at all these animal animals and you're like, "Oh, there's an anteater and there's a bear." And when you see the gorilla, it's like, "Oh my god, I'm looking at a human being, a gigantic human being." And you feel like yeah, I shouldn't like, stare at that. It's like you're staring at a person. It was weird, but with like Ronnie it's, Coleman it's lats. So just hanging down, Ronnie yeah. Coleman lats, Ronnie mm -hmm. Coleman, Coleman hamstrings, glutes, like the whole nine yards. So anyway, that was fun. It was good. Yeah, it's a power of genetics. Yeah. yeah. Like, Thanks, Ronnie. You know, yeah, pretty crazy. Power of genetics. Like they don't, you know, they don't lift weights. They don't eat much. They don't eat any meat. Well, yeah. they can, but <laughs> they're not typically, you know. So yeah. it's, it's kind of crazy. You know, they're, they're just like, sitting there at first, though, you know, and the one was just kind of sitting there, like just dazing, like looking off, like he was thinking. And that's that's the one I saw first, and he was facing away. And like I said, you could just see like the lat hang, 
and with that yeah. like Ronnie Coleman like lower lat hang and I was just like wow that's some power there and then a few minutes later they were playing but their playing looked really intense like I got to see yeah. the like pounding on the chest and like the running at each other really hard like it was it was like if there was anything in that zoo that was kind of scary it was the gorillas man they were yeah. they were cool they were cool to look at so it was we, fun if they played with us we would uh, die oh yeah yeah, yeah they're <laughs> like, fucking killer, man. That's <laughs> they're they're so strong. Okay, we have YouTube questions. Oh no, I whoa, whoa, you, whoa. you bought yourself what did a you birthday do? present. Oh, you bought man. yourself a birthday present. You bought yourself so many things. Jesus, gotta show us. I, I showed uh, Ron this Dusty before. Before While I was logged off for the seventy second time. Yes, yes. So I oh, did oh, get geez. myself a birthday present. This is uh I always wanted an AK forty seven, like since I was a little when kid. you absolutely positively got to kill every motherfucker in the room <laughs> except no substitute. That's, yeah. It's a fact. So come on, who knows that movie? Who knows this, that movie? Come on. Oh. We'll let the listeners the listeners can report in. So, yeah, this is a Yugo, as they call it, Yugo uh, variation, AK. Basically, this one was made in Serbia, former Yugoslavia. And uh, the some slight differences from, like, the Russian ones, the Romanian ones. But this one in particular is known as, we call them here, a crink or a crink-off. By the way, I should probably make sure it's empty. Don't shoot through the ceiling. Yeah, I knew it was empty, but I wanted to do that for, for everybody else. <laughs> So this is like a shortened version. It's technically a pistol, believe it or not. And what? yeah, this is technically a pistol because the barrel is only 10 inches. Now, only the thing 10 is, inches. you don't get to say that very often. Yeah. All right, go ahead. <laughs> they don't, only 10 inches. You wouldn't see these like like a, a standard person in the military wouldn't be carrying it around. But the guys who would have it would be like the tank guys or like the, the chopper guys, the people that needed to have it like something that was compact. You know, and that's why it has like I've got the collapsible brace on it and everything. Um, and I was telling Ron that these were thought of in certain places in the world as like a trophy, because if you could get one of these as a battlefield pickup, that means that you took out a tank or, you know, you took out a chopper wow. or something like that. So you, you grab that motherfucker, you take that home. That would be one hell of a trophy, but yeah, it's it, you know same technology as like they used in 1947. Like it's very simple, very few moving parts. I think there might be like a paper clip in there holding it all together. You know, it's a uh, duct tape, little duct tape. You know, little paper. I love clip. that. I, I love that scene in that Lord of War movie with Nicolas Cage where he explains the AK-47. Yeah, I haven't seen them. Remember that, that scene? No. Yeah, I've seen the movie forged steel and plywood it doesn't break jam or overheat it will shoot whether it's covered in mud or filled with sand yeah i need to see this you you've seen lord of war where nicholas cage is a gun dealer arms dealer that's like one of his best movies huh it was like he doesn't have any good movies let me write this down yeah lord of war (laughs) watch that it's great i highly recommend that you've seen that scott no i didn't see it Really? Look at we, he's about to hang up on us. This is <laughs> oh, it's like required viewing if you like guns. <clears throat> wow. couple- okay, sorry, I had yeah. to go. Actually, I actually saved that. Ron says shit all the time during the show, and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. And then I'm like, I don't want to text him. That's weird. I, I don't remember. Fuck. So I just now yeah. I just record them all. Ronisms. There's a couple things I am gonna do with this, like this thing on the front here. This is called a booster. 
So it helps to create more back pressure, but you can get like different muzzle devices. And the thing what is about back pressure, like the back pressure will help to make sure that the bolt cycles. So it looks like that. So it's, it kind of like cuts off some of the power going out, but Without that, this thing shoots like three-foot fireballs when you pull the trigger, which is kind of cool. Like, this motherfucker is loud. Like, this is a... With the short barrel, there's hardly yeah. any barrel before the bullet leaves. So, like, the dwell time and the, the powder burning, like, there will be burning powder that comes out the front of that. So, they actually make muzzle devices that will accentuate that, like, and make the, the pop louder. The flame look wow, And make the flame look bigger. So, I'm, I'm kind of thinking about getting that. It's just kind of an obnoxious little gun you know what i'm saying when are we gonna get video of you shooting this uh you know I'll, I'll work on that i'll work on that that's not an answer what is with you guys like how so. about tuesday of next week <laughs> perfect we All can right, do that good. we can do that oh it's exciting we'll put it on the next episode thank you so yeah this is this is this is uh it's fun you know it's fun it 7.62 39 millimeter it's, it's a it's nice it's fun it's it's like a really it's a, definitely the most powerful gun that i have that's there's no question and Does victoria shoot uh, she's not a fan she's from canada no offense ron well, ron's not really, ron is half canadian now because he hangs out with me too much so we're cool yeah wow it's exciting ron you haven't told us what you're doing you're ready to change the subject what have you done what did you do this weekend the world wants to know. I uh, what did I do this weekend? I just did my thing. My 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 typical weekend is just work on my phone a lot, spend as much time at the gym as I can. Saturday, like morning, afternoon, you know, be there when it's busy. Um, you know, fix some equipment. You know, did some paperwork, that sort of shit. And then I got out on the bike, had a couple of sessions on the bike, had a, a good session on the guitar the other night. Had a date night where we got some earls. Yes. And uh, yeah, just a fucking great weekend, you know? Snuck a nap in here and there. You know, I'm all ready for Monday morning. Nice. What's a holiday since you're half American so you can relax? Well, yeah, we're open normal hours though at the gym, so. I'm fascinated with this whole, like, the idea of a holiday where you get off from work when the holiday is Labor Day. Yeah, it's funny. Get to work. Like just, well, I thought that this that morning when I got to the fucking gym and it was slammed. I'm like, oh, Monday to Friday, this is my time. You all assholes have work. Go, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, boy, no. Sorry. Yeah, I don't experience holidays. Like, I don't, nothing, like those, all those stat holidays that roll around, you know, all those long weekend Mondays and stuff, that doesn't affect anything in my life. I mean, yeah. It's funny. Like, it I don't think for any of us. single thing. You know, like, I don't think any I of forget. us. I'll roll into the gym at noon expecting to see the noon crowd and I yeah. see like the Saturday crowd. And I'm like, yeah, what, what the fuck is, is the Saturday crowd here? Oh, right. It's a holiday Monday. Like I don't even fucking think about it. I find it weird when people will say like, I had someone say that. They shot me a DM. Happy Labor Day. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Why would you send me that? <laughs> Well, some people, it's it's different, you know. They're like, oh, yeah, I get Friday, you know, I get Saturday, Sunday, and Monday oh, yeah. off. So they're really well, I back. I them enjoying yeah, the day. Yeah. But oh, it just yeah. seemed like a like a different thing, you know. Like I didn't, if I would have sent that to you, Scott, you'd be like, huh, what? okay. Yeah, yeah, I guess. That's I guess. what happened. I was like. Now I'm going to get back so, to work. Okay. Yeah, I didn't answer. <laughs> yeah. 
I was like, I don't know what to do with this. I don't want to be rude, so I just want to answer. Oh, wait, that's rude. That's fine. I think that it says more about Dusty just handling a nice gesture. He just doesn't even know how to handle a nice <laughs> gesture. Someone's like, hey, happy Labor Day. And he's like, well, who is this strange person saying positive things in my direction? Well, remember, I, I don't even open There's, DMs. I'm not giving you any money. Got. I'm not giving you money. <laughs> Go away. You are not my son. Oh, yes. God. All right. Whew. Okay, we're back. So we got some YouTube questions. I'm sure there's a few or some comments that we got to mention. Or we've got a bunch. We've got a bunch. What about? No, I know Afrodrin is more popular up there in Canada because it's kind of legal still versus here. This is the first one we have from Jeremy. He says, "Question for the next podcast: Can you guys discuss Afrodrin uses, protocols, side effects, etc.?" I love Afrodrin. I love Afrodrin. And that's that's the other question. I remember somebody else asked us. It was for a different show, I think. Do you pronounce it ephedrine or ephedrine? And it sounds like I do the ephedrine. You guys do the ephedrine. Yes. And I don't know which one is right. I don't care. But um, yeah, I say ephedrine. There's also yeah. ephedrine. Yeah. Then they got and, the alkaloids, uh, the ephedra, which is bullshit. But yeah, it's not the same. Not the same at all. I love. Loved ephedrine. In fact, Ron knows when I would go to Canada, I would load up and bring it back. I <laughs> um, don't know if I'm supposed to say that out loud. but Because uh, I, I used that my entire competitive career instead of Clen. Uh, I hate Clen. Really? Okay. Yeah. Love ephedrine. I would work up to 50 milligrams twice a day with 200 milligrams of caffeine and an aspirin. Good to oh, go. You did the full. You did the full stack. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would probably kill a bear, but uh, I was very strung out on lots of different uh, thermals at that point, so I did nothing. If I were to take 50 megs of ephedrine now, I can only imagine. Oh, it'd be a mess. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So my ephedrine tale starts when the very first ephedrine hit the market in like 1990, and it was called Dimetadrine 25. Huh. And there were 25 milligram pills of ephedrine and there were a hundred in a bottle. And, um, you could also get the cheap ones called mini thins. Oh, I remember those. Yeah. That were like, at the time they were like 20 milligram, I think. Okay. But we would get the dimetadrine 25s cause they just sold them at the gym on the, on the shelf. Just got them in the supplement department. And, uh, you just went and bought a bottle of dimetadrine and you take one pre-workout with a coffee you know so it's like 25 ephedrine with you know probably 100 caffeine and you go to the gym and you just have these fucking crank workouts because you're just like and then on leg day you take two of course and you go to the gym and you're already vibrating and you're already dripping sweat before you even start warming up (laughs) and you have this crazy workout and then you feel like absolute garbage afterwards. Yeah. And you think it's just because you train so fucking hard that you feel like garbage. No, you're coming off you mass. Do that for, you do that for like two years straight before you put together that maybe the <laughs> massive stimulant is like unhealthy for you because you're a mess. You know, and you start training like with much less stimulant and you realize that there's like a point where things don't get better. Yeah. You know, I never got so, to that where you realize that <laughs> they just took them off the market do you remember they had the drinks i used to love i sold a billion dollars worth i appreciate them for buying my first house um <laughs> wasn't there like a turbo tea that had ephedrine in it all of them 
You yeah. had Speedstack, Rip Force, Extreme Rip Force. All of them had it. And man, A, tastes delicious. Some of them, like Speedstacks, were like five or 10 calories. The Extreme Rip Force was like 100, but I mean, it was like a cran apple juice. It was delicious. Mm. I used to get to work when I first started working in the supplement shop. And the first thing I would do was spend the money I was going to make in my first hour of work by drinking one of those and having a bar. There you go. Took some time to realize that I was poor and needed to stop doing that. Um, (laughs) But it was, you'd walk in like half dead and then like, you know, a quarter of the way through, you're like, can I help you? And the guy's like, can you leave me alone? Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) What about uh, Ultimate Orange? You guys ever use that one? Yes. Yeah. So I remember I, there was a guy at the gym who had like the original Ultimate Orange. Yeah. And I remember I had some of it. And that was probably the first time that I ingested ephedrine. Yeah. Because I think that was even before the dimetadrins were on the shelf. And then there was like a Canadian version of Ultimate Orange that didn't have ephedrine in it, I think. Oh, yeah. For like a very short period of time. And then it seemed to disappear off the market. You know, what was your experience with it? You try it? I did. I didn't remember it. Like, I didn't know about it at the time. So I didn't have a very good understanding and I remember pouring myself a glass of water and mixing the ultimate orange in. And then I'd like be in my parents' basement at like, you know, 13. Perfect age to start using ephedrine, right? 14, probably, probably like 14, 15. Yeah. I remember taking taking a big old slug of it and then grabbing that curl bar. Like boom, boom, boom. Pumping out a bunch of curls and then taking another slug. And I'd be like, all right, I'm ready for my next set. You know, like I actually was thinking like you drink it and then you just go. Right. You know, so I didn't. I don't think the timing probably worked out pretty well yeah by me. the end of the bit. workout you're yeah. really ready to go <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> by the end <laughs> yeah that's the most get a second wind product yeah. <laughs> like people used to come in looking for the original because it was before me and we carried an ultimate orange but it wasn't the same yeah yeah so they would come in and ask do you have the original i'm like i have that one if i had the original it'd be fucking old hello yeah yeah but anyway there was this stuff. That's the guy that sent the Labor Day text. Anyways, this might have been like like more in the, the the era that you had supplement shops, Dusty. Do you guys remember a product called Craze? It was a pre workout. I don't know. So it was taken off the market eventually because it had like some sort of real actual like drug, illegal drug in it. But I had one tub of that, and I remember that. I uh, I use that stuff at like 4 p.m. Get my workout in, you know, five to six to you know get home at seven, eat. And at the time, my girlfriend worked a midnight shift, so or or it'd be like her day off. So she'd get over the house at like 10 o'clock at night, and then we'd stay up for a few hours. And I just remember like it'd be like 10, 11 at night, and I'd just be like talking, talking, talking still, and just like wide awake. And it's like hours after my workout. And I came to the conclusion, like, I think there's something different about that pre-workout. And then lo and behold, they took it off the market. That would have been the point where I bought as many. Yeah. As <laughs> a lot of people did that, too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you and I think totally different. Like, this does, doesn't seem safe. How many do you guys have at the warehouse? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I have yeah. a credit card, and we're fucking getting this done. Yeah. <laughs> Genius. I remember right. that my, that like, I had a similar thing with 1,3-dimethyl. Yes. When, the first one, one MR, is that what it was? One yes. Two, I remember that. One yeah. MR came out and it had, yeah. 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 And it had one, three dimethyl in it. And, you know, I tried that and had like one this more crazy rep. workout. And then 
passed out in my car in the parking lot Whew. and slept for like 30 minutes post-workout and drooled all over my shirt with my car running. And I woke up and my phone's on the floor and I'm asleep with drool all over me. <laughs> and I'm like, holy fuck. And then the next day I take it again and go train and have a killer workout. And I go to Safeway and I'm checking my phone in the parking lot and I fall asleep in the Safeway parking lot with my car running. Oh, shit. It's like winter time, right? So I'm sitting in my car and it's running. <laughs> I fall asleep and I wake up and my thumb's on the keypad. So it's like J J J J J J J J J J J you know, that fucking slobber all over me. And I'm like, this fucking pre-workout is crashing me. Yeah. And then I go home and eat my post-workout meal and pass out on the couch. Huh. Like, and my girlfriend. Maybe was that like, was a good thing though, because think about that immediate recovery you were getting. Yeah. I could sell <laughs> yeah, this yeah. shit. Well, this yeah. is good for you, Ron. Trust no, me. Immediately drops you into a good deep sleep. <clears throat> yeah, you know? you're in REM. You're in REM. Yeah, yeah. No good. Yeah, no it good. Sound good. <laughs> Boy, killing me. All right. All right. There we go. Let's see what else we got here. All right. <clears throat> Training question for the show. What are your thoughts on the idea of using low rep warm up sets compared to higher rep warm up sets? On big exercises, I go eight, six, four, one, progressively getting heavier up to one to two working sets. All the best, lads. It's a good question. And, and you know, I, I mean, I, I actually kind of go almost workout to workout on that, depending on how I'm feeling. I, I do generally do a little bit higher rep on my warmups now because, you know, I'm just trying to be really, really, you know, I'd rather expend a bit of strength warming up and not be so concerned with my top sets, as they say. You know what I mean? Um, I'm more concerned about just like training perfectly pain-free and mechanically correct and being, you know, very able to continue to train without any interruption that's my priority so um so you know i know there's a certain amount of calculated risk that we do in everything so that's you know part of that choice you know i think that he says he goes down to one rep which yeah. i think i think that's too low i think that's kind of nonsense i think there's something about moving. You, you got to move your last warm, like, you, you know, your prep set, your final prep set. You got to move it for like, I just think mechanically, I would need a lot more, you know, sort it of. It depends on the lift though. Cause if I was doing rehearsal. deadlifts, I would do that. Cause I don't want to like do two or three reps with, you know, 600 pounds if I'm going to 700. That's like an, so the way I do it, it's like an intro. It's like, okay, I don't want to go from, cause I usually would just add a plate. Like on dead, right, right. So, so ninety similar pounds to what jump. he was doing, it'd be like ten pounds or ten reps with one thirty-five. Deadlifts would be a good, you know, good example. Yeah, yeah. Where all of a sudden it's like, okay, I definitely don't want to jump straight to seven. I guess I'm thinking of taxing. like leg pressing. <laughs> You're doing a lap pull down right now, and I totally agree with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I could see you doing like a one rep lap pull down. Cam Ray for yeah, my yeah. big set now. Why'd you bother? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, good point. But yeah, yeah no, generally I, I would, that, you know, it, it's, it's like on leg day, I do tens on everything at least, you know, even twenties. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. We did that when we did ours. It was, uh, Ron was doing twenties on every warm up, And then we were shooting for as many as we could get with the heavy weight. But it's like, that's one of the things that are funny about videos that people don't realize. So we don't typically put an entire set because somebody wants to watch that. Yeah. But like, if you ever did, you, it's important to know what led up to it. Sure. 
because if you know, I mean, we probably did five touch sets, at least four. So you know, he's at a hundred reps before he started <laughs> right the the actual. And we're not talking about like small jumps. I think we're going up 180 pounds at a time. You know, so he's got say 12 or 14 plates aside for a set of 20 before the working set. You know, yeah. <clears throat> but so would, if you run it, it's 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 workout to workout. You know, and for legs to me now, it's always. The reps yesterday, I literally decided to try something different because I was smoked after doing uh, Smith's and a uh, <clears throat> sissy squat leg press. I put, I think, 10 plates total on the leg press. I was like, all right, I'm going to do 30 reps, then stop, take three breaths, do five reps, stop, take, and just go. So it was five reps, go, rest real quick, do right. it again. The rests were hurting more than just keep going. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to try to get 100. And at only 10 plates at 75, I was like, fuck you. We're done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 100 reps is crazy. It I've is. I've done a few 100 rep sets. Yeah. I've done a few. I, I, I remember like, I, I think the last one I did now. was five plates. That's brutal for 100. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. I, that's what I had yesterday. And trust and believe 100 was not possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's nasty. The workout was funny, Scott. Here's, I, I was doing like, you know, warm ups of 20. Right. And then when I actually get to my working weight, I fail at like 14. Okay. Right? You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. then Dusty, Dusty does like warm up sets of 10. Yeah. And then when he gets to the same weight that I got 14 with, he gets 50. <laughs> yeah. That's why I was so saying, leave the full one on the last one. Don't tell anyone about the warm ups. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know what? I 50. There's, there's, it's, I think, okay, so when I first started understanding how to lift weights, I knew that I had to warm up the muscle. And I think later you start learning that part of the warm up is like warming up your central nervous system too. It's rehearsal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, rehearsal, you ever go in the gym yeah. and you lift, this is what I tell clients too, it's like you ever go in the gym and you lift a weight, and let's say you get seven reps on it, and then you do a second set with the exact same weight, and now you got 11. It's like that it feels lighter that second time. It didn't get any lighter, but your central nervous system was more keyed up. So I think my answer to him is whatever it takes to get that central nervous, get the muscle warmed up, but get that, you know, CNS queued up and ready too. Like Dusty yeah. did for the 50. I could only imagine what that set was like. It was long. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what it is, is too, is when you get older, I don't know how old this guy is, but, uh, and you guys might relate to this. On anything pressing upper body, I'll do 135 for 10, and it feels like a, like pain and pull and ache. And then I'll wait a minute, and I'll do it again, and it feels flawless. Yeah. Like My body's moving. He'll be like, oh, thank like, So I always do that first warm-up twice on upper body. I have huh. to. And yeah. it's it's literally like I'm in a different body one minute later when I do it again. I'm like, oh, thank God. I get a <laughs> lot of that awful. with back. Yeah. Okay. I get a lot of that with back. Yeah. We're old okay. people. Yeah, yeah. All right. Let's see what else we got here. Um, <clears throat> has Dusty or Ron noticed when training progressive overload following a logbook that you change out movements for smaller body parts more frequently than larger movements, such as bench press, military press, deads, etc.? Thanks, guys. Hmm. I, I don't really recall having that uh, observation. I know that I didn't put as much like concern into my numbers 
on certain things because they're just like I don't know like preacher curls they're just like so technical I would like not force the progression on those things as much as I would on like say an incline barbell press or something but yeah I don't really remember like swapping them out more or less but Dusty probably log booked a lot longer than I did well it's very I mean what you said is 100% accurate is there's two schools of thought a lot of people they remove an exercise as soon as they're not progressing on it and obviously you're not going to be progressing on a you know strict curl the same way you are on a, on a leg press yeah so it'll go quicker um I, i'm with you ron actually though i didn't change them out as often what i was obsessive about was okay but how did i feel it today yeah so i could get the same reps i know this is this is where it gets a little choppy for people that are log bookers is they're so obsessed with the number going up that they actually start cheating and yeah just one percent worse you know and it's like well like you said if you cheat one percent you're not even doing the same movement anymore hmm. so i found that what i would do is get really technical or dante taught me some things like make sure that's a full stretch at the bottom and a pause then come back up you know those little tweaks i was like oh shit that hurt way more i'm down two reps actually but it was better you know what i mean then i'd build that one back up things like that so uh, i agree with you 100 on that run okay oh boy at least we oh, agree boy. oh boy been listening since episode oh. one love the show serious question since, serious <laughs> since ron eats pizza with a fork when eating a cinnamon roll does he follow the bread around the roll so everything is evenly dispersed or is he one of the animals that eats it from one side to the other instead of uh, instead of saving the center for the final bite this is my best friend i just found out i don't even <laughs> that's know that's funny that's funny i would probably i would tear away at the roll and i would follow it around that's acceptable but with down your hands, you're lying right now. You're fucking lying to everyone. No, I would use my you hands. You were just that's pretending. A, that's, that's a dirty that's a cinnamon, roll. cinnamon roll. It's messy. You're really going to do that? Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. It's it's ba baked goods is different than savories. Oh, yeah. wow. You, you don't understand. It's, it's, well, it's a long story. <laughs> I'm going to have to film this because I love, dude, Cinnabon. Oh, shit. Oh, they're crazy. That's yeah, so it's cool. been a long time. I like that he kept the bias out of it by saying, or is he one of them animals? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no bias. Send. He just powers through the cinnamon roll from one side to the other, breaking all the little barriers that are inside of it. He's, He's right, though. The center that. is the final bite because it's the best bite. Yeah, after that, you can't go back to the outside, you know? No. Oh. Fuck no. Yeah. No. No. Great question. Great question. We can cut the show now. <laughs> Lucas, he's got one for us again. There we go. Says question for the next show. Being with Mutant or any other supplement brand, how it impacts your life. Is uh, is sponsorships uh, critical or are they just in an addition? Well, I mean, I, I'm just super fortunate to, you know, have such a good relationship with the people at that company. So, I mean, you know, it's crucial to what I do because it's a big part of it. And, you know, I really like having it in in my list of things that I'm a part of, you know, I don't know. 
I mean, it's a hundred percent positive for me. I imagine there's people out there that maybe have like, you know, a, a deal they're locked into that they can't get out of or something, but <laughs> you know, I don't know. I think when he says crucial, um, a lot of people are hunting for a sponsorship. Like they right. think it's going to some magically like, well, now I have this brand behind me. Um, it's not how it works, you know? So I think it's really important. Like Ron said that you're connecting same way you connect with people. Like hmm. it has to work. I mean, for example, with mutant right now, every single athlete on the team gets along. Like, hmm. so it's very, like, even if they bring someone new in, we discuss what's it going right. to you know, do. You know them? Is it going to, is it going to work with our team? You don't want to fuck it up. You know, you bring in one person that doesn't click and you're, you've kind of screwed. Um, but like Ron said, I mean, when you have the right one, it's absolutely amazing because I think, for example, Jamie's going to find that out over this year because it's just a totally different thing. It's they're very concerned. OK, you're you're competing this weekend and we have an event. We'd love you to be at the booth when you can. The end. That's cool. Like other brands are like. Cool. Opens up at 10, closes at 8. See you there. Bring your meals. Yeah. I mean, they don't give a fuck. Like, that's not their thing. So, and for me, it's been crucial because it's helped. I mean, the enjoyment process is is unreal. I mean, when we travel, it's like, I mean, it's literally, it reminds me of playing hockey and going on the road. Like, it's fun. Everything about the trip, even the work, is fun. And And the last thing is, of course, it's crucial. It's money. I mean... You know, if you have if you have extra money coming in, no matter what the number is, my first paid sponsorship was five hundred bucks a month, and at the time I was not you know wasn't making much money. That was enormous. Sure, I was like, holy shit, I got five hundred extra dollars, you know, to do stuff with. So crucial, but make sure it's the right one. And also, you know, my big push for people is everybody wants a sponsor, but really what they're asking for is free money. Like, what do you hmm. offer? Give right. them a reason to want you. There's there's a reason that Ron has been with Mutant since they signed him because they give him enough value, including retired, that they're like, like you are the face of the company. There's no fucking way you're going anywhere. Appreciate that. Yeah. So that's well said. I'll I'll add it at like let's say the opposite, just and I'm gonna speak like companies in general. That you, if you look at what they're going to offer you too, because mm-hmm. I do see a lot of people, a lot of younger folks that, that are looking for that sponsorship <clears throat> and somebody says, shows some sort of interest. Maybe it's even just a comment on their post. Hey, you should uh, message DM us, you know, for info on becoming a, an ambassador, you know, yeah. and you got to be careful, I think, because I do think that there are companies that are cutting a lot of corners nowadays by not doing any advertising, but just relying on you to do all their marketing for them. And what do you really get in return with your code? Uh, you know, if you get 20% off of your, of the products, you know, or something like that, if you use your own code and, you know, I don't know, just, just a thought that I do see a lot of people that I feel are maybe, I don't know if t- getting taken advantage of is the right word because they're not really offering those companies a ton, but the companies aren't offering them much either. They'd probably be better off just not being involved with some of those some of those companies right. would be my thought, right. you know. Yeah. Well, it matters for sure because it fucks up the game too. Like I when when this first started happening and guys just wanted to be with a brand for anything, I was like no one's going to get paid if you keep doing it for free. Hmm. 
Yeah. You know, I mean, like literally a couple examples. When I got done with the USA's, um, a, I don't want to say, but a magazine said, hey, we want, we want to shoot you tomorrow. I said, oh, cool. Um, how much? What do you mean how much? I was like, how much are you going to pay me? Like, we're going to put you in the magazine. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I don't buy magazines. How much are you going to pay me? And literally, they were like, we don't pay anyone. I go, okay, cool. I won't do it. Don't and they me. paid me $1,000. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Because why the hell would I care? Like, I can't pay my mortgage with a, well, hey, oh, I didn't have all the money, but check out this. I'm on page 726. I'll give you an autograph. <laughs> like, that don't work for me. And I thought that was wild. And then the story with Mutant that was different was Ron and I actually, Ron kind of worked my whole deal out with Mutant. And they sent me every product they made to let me try them. And when I flew out, flew up to Vancouver, I met the owner. And the very first thing he said, actually, it was before I went. I'm sorry. He emailed me. He said, I want to let you know. This is so you can check us out. We have a deal waiting for you and let us know when you're ready if you want to sign it. But there's no pressure, even though we flew you to Canada, put you in a hotel. No. Let me know. You know, and I mean it took about seven minutes for me, like, give me that piece of paper. Hurry up. But you know, even the the those words, it's like you you're gonna invest all this money and if I don't get a good fit, you're like, Cool, no problem. See ya. You know, that's a good company. All right, let's see what else we got here. I love the show. Oh, this is a comment here, too. He says, uh, Shepherd's Pie is with lamb. Cottage Pie is with beef. We we were talking about Shepherd's Pie on the previous episode. I got several messages to inform us of that. But there's um, a question. He also has a question after that. And he says, question for the next show. Um, have, you, have any of you ever given Mike Menser's heavy duty approach a real go, not just Dorian's evolution hashtag last five minute crew. Yes, you did. Yes, I did straight up Menser heavy duty for a brief period, probably about six weeks. I remember it because I was only going to the gym three times a week. Hmm. And I remember my mom was like, are you like going to work out less now? Because I remember she noticed that I wasn't going to the gym as much. I was still living at home. So I would have been mm-hmm. like, I would have been like, fucking maybe I just turned 18. You know what I mean? And I, I remember the workouts too. Like I did one set of reverse grip pull downs, like heavy, like fucking heavy with four straps. And then I did one set of bent barbell rows to failure. And that was like my whole back workout. Huh. And then I remember, <laughs> I remember. Like, you know, just like that sort of thing. Like it was super low number of sets, right? And I remember that the one thing I was surprised at was I still got sore because I was going so heavy and hard on that one set. Like, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I'm still getting sore. It was funny. I remember I still got sore. Hmm. And I did leg extensions supersetted with Smith squats, I think was the workout. It was like a pre-exhaust superset, and he just That's did terrible. this like this crazy set. Yeah, how long did you do that for? Like six weeks, I think. I remember doing it because I remember wanting to go to the gym more. Yeah, like you know that feeling when you do DC training and you like want to go to the gym more. And yeah. I remember wanting to go to the gym more, and I remember like people were noticing that I wasn't around the gym as much. Like I, I said about what my mom said, so I remember it was like. And, and I just, you know, I don't think I made like any real 
you know, I don't remember if I made any gains, but I, I must've just wanted to go back to training more, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, but I remember doing it. How about you, Dusty? Uh, I, I never did that. Um, you know, I, very, very typical of, of my style of, of doing life is when I got into progressive training, it was very simple. I saw a picture of Justin Harris. I saw who trained him and I was like, he's going to train me and that's what we're going to do because I want to look like that. And that was it. Like, so there was, you know, I did not toy around with anything else. And like Ron said, I mean, I just, it was nice because I knew for sure that what he had done to get where he was. So I didn't care what I wanted to do. If I want to train more, if I was like, I want to look like that. I don't look like that, you know? And I, I found that that was for me, there's different schools of thought. I tell some guys, like I've had a few clients that really like to question things and want to do this and that. And what about this? And I'm always like, Hey, I'm not mad, but I really think you should consider training yourself hmm. because you want to explore and figure out. And that's fucking awesome, you know, and you should do that. But why would you pay someone like to tell me what you think you should do? And then I write it down, yeah. you know? Um, and I was the opposite. I'm like, okay, I don't want labor pains. Give me the baby. How do we do this? Let's go. Right. You know, so that worked best. And, and that was a very simple process. I know we talked about it before, but how many days was that when you first started with DC? Three. Three. Monday, Wednesday, yeah. Friday. And did you get Whole that same thing as Ron? Two. Did you get that same thing as Ron where you were like, I'd like to be in the gym more? I, I did a little, but I will say because it was more volume than Ron was doing, I was yeah. fucked up. Okay. Like, yeah, he's doing like doing those, DC rest pauses and stuff, and Menser didn't have those written in. Yeah. Well, plus you're doing your so your full body, Scott, is done in two days. Yeah. So your third day, you're starting over again, and I mean, so you're you're dusting it pretty good. Um. So yeah, although I enjoyed going, it's kind of you know you guys know that thing where you're like oh, I love training, and then after a day, like two days, maybe your third day, you're like I need tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I'm wrecked, you know. So that saved me for sure. Um, but it is very like it, it is when you go from like five or six days a week to three. I mean, you go to the gym, people are like, "Oh, you on vacation?" Yeah. What? <laughs> Especially because like the time like before I did that uh, that Menser style attempt. I think I was doing like a Lee Haney program. Oh God, you, you were training like, nine days a week. Yeah. So it was like fucking, you know, I like was a kid that lived at the gym, right? That's a blast. I always thought that yeah. Metzer, uh, I have a feel that he was like the, when he started writing his books and stuff, it was like how you catch a fish and then every year when you tell the story, the fish gets bigger. <laughs> like, I feel like his sets got lower. Yeah, they did. They told yeah. the story. They did, yeah, and it, it changed would, with time, you know? Yeah, so I think that, you know, I bet you his original program looked very similar to what Yates was doing. Yeah, probably. I mean, there's lots of people that talk about how they 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 saw him train, and they were like, he did, like, four sets of everything. He did, like, warm-up sets and the prep set, and then, like, they went hard on a set. Like, just kind of looked like everyone else's workout. Yeah. Like, I remember yeah. lots of people saying that afterwards, you know? He had like so. a, a lot of mental health stuff. I think there was some schizophrenia too. Yeah. And it got more and more extreme. So like by the end, it was like, you only train legs once a month, you know? He was an amphetamine yeah. addict too. That's, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Didn't know that. 
Yeah. I saw a video of him like in his older days with that big old mustache and the glasses, just like chain smoking outside of a gym, talking about lifting weights and just looked very, un- he wasn't training anymore. He was training other people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's I love mess. their physiques though, man. Like yeah. you look back when they're in their prime, like yeah. they were doing something different because he, his brother and the people who kind of follow them, yeah, they all had that like rugged fucking muscle. I mean, yeah. yeah, it was a, it know, was a neat look. I know what you mean. Like that one seventies yeah. look that kind of had that Mike Menser look to it. Oh yeah, it was, it was, nasty. It was good. It was good. Ready more? No, I, I got a. I was pulling a picture up here of. Oh nice, Mike and Ray together here. I mean, come on, dude. I remember reading that Mike, was. I remember oh. reading Mike Menser's diet for the Olympia, his like diary diet. And yeah, he uh-huh. followed like super low calories. Like he would put himself in ketosis really hard huh. and go hard on like hard keto. And then like, I remember he, he, he was making notes and he's like, I ran some stairs today. And then I had one scoop of ice cream. It was about 80 calories. <laughs> and um, I'm not going to eat again till midnight. I'll have, you know, a half a pound of beef. God. You know, like that sort of diary entry, like just, just, really low calories and no carbs and just you know i wish dorian would sell his like olympia prep um diets log like log well yeah with the diet and the training but even if it was just the diet like because he was the like the original that was like i can do this myself Hmm. and prepped himself well his a lot of his diets are in the books and stuff like you know they're right out of his log books but yeah they're I'd love to shit. just have it all together because it's, it'd be cool. I mean, that's something I would buy even if I didn't open the book. Like, cool, I want that. Just to have you it. Oh, I man. love Dorian's old diet because it's so basic. Like, the carb powder he uses is maltodextrin. Hmm. And the protein isn't whey isolate. It's like whey concentrate maybe. Yeah, you the know, cheapest you can get. Like, it's like late <laughs> 80s. Early, you, know, you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. you know, just protein powder, even milk and egg protein powder in the 80s he's using. But like protein powder and maltodextrin. That was his like post-workout meal, you know? Yeah. Just, just ground like, up corn, basically. Like <laughs> the cheapest carb powder you could possibly get. And, and you know, real pretty medium-grade protein powder, you know? And he's yeah. using that for two meals a day. You know, it's just funny. All right. See what else we got here. Um, the Juice Goose. So that's the question. Love it. <laughs> for the lads next episode. Uh, sort of. Sort of. <laughs> Top Gun and bodybuilding yeah. <laughs> all together. So this I'm writing a, 84. He says, I'm writing a program uh, for me getting back into the gym after three years. Um, and I want to incorporate some form of carb cycling in a growth phase with five days hammering clean food and two days lower carbs on rest days make any difference in insulin sensitivity. Oh, he has a PS question, bonus question. How the F do I get a beard as thick as Dusty's? I look 45 with my hairline and my face looks seven. I need help here. Man, you just got to trend hard, man. I mean, wait, what? Um, <laughs> you can't say trend hard? My bad. <clears throat> well, mine is gravity. All the hair stopped going this way and just fell. <laughs> so Simple. Simple, really. <laughs> How it all broke out. Uh, the carb cycling question, though. Mm. I don't, I mean, I hate answering those questions because my answer would be, we'll do it. 
and then see what happens. You know, and when are your two days? I mean, is it is it two days on, one day off, three days on, one day off? That matters. Um, but I really think a lot of guys ask questions that they're wanting absolute answers to that's impossible. You know, there are certain things that, that you know, and Ron, Scott, you guys both know this. There are certain things we do with people, say, during a diet when you shoot their calories up real quick and you're like, okay, I know what's going to happen here. They don't. It's going to be really exciting to them. And then it's not going to mean much to me at all because I know what's going to happen. Um, I did that over the weekend with a guy who, uh, one of my clients who has uh, pancreas issues, barely produces any insulin. And we've been, the, the, the goal with someone like that is to utilize the insulin that they do produce as well as possible to use as little, um, you know, outside insulin as possible. So we did something like that. I was like, all right, let's see what will happen. And the first day he did the typical, he dropped like two pounds. I was like, oh, nice. Cool. And then he sent me a picture of the scale the next day and he was down eight more pounds. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. I go, it's, it's cool, but it's, it doesn't mean anything. It's going to come back up. And then today he sent me one and now he's down 12 total pounds. Hmm. I'm like, okay, now I need all of your blood. Like all, all, all of your blood glucose numbers sent to me. I need to know what the fuck happened. And my point in bringing that long story up is that's an example of you need to try it for yourself to see what happened. You know, our next question mark. Now, I didn't, I don't think he lost 12 pounds of fat. Don't get me wrong, but what the fuck happened and why is it staying off? Because if it was water, I actually expect the scale to go up, then come down. When it comes down, that continues going down. I'm like, oh, I don't know what's happening right now. <laughs> I'm happy let go of something. Yeah, I, I think that he probably pissed and shit out some stuff that was blocked in. But the but you know when you have that kind of situation take place, the first question I have is, okay, can we reproduce that? Yeah, is that a one time thing? And I'm not saying can we lose 12 pounds again, but what took place and is you know what do we need to watch for to know? Oh, it's time to do that again if you're having some digestive issue that you don't even know about or, or whatever right. it might be, because it can only be, you know, water, fluids or, or waste for those kind of numbers in four days. But again, I point that out because there's a case where that's, I've been doing this for 20 years. That's never happened. Hmm. And I'm like, okay, this is weird. You know, I mean, it was bad enough. I almost said to you guys, I'm like, this is really interesting. You know, so my advice is simple. Try that and then play with it because I love carb cycling. Um, but I've never carb cycled with a plan like, okay, every sixth day this happens. Yeah. Yeah. What about you guys? I think that, uh, for a lot of people, um, I really like the idea of some kind of caloric, um, high day or, mm -hmm. you know, not being on the same calories every single day. You know, there's a bunch of great studies. Now, one of the best studies was uh, they followed these different groups they had. And the one group was doing 11 days on the same calories. And then they would do three days with 500 calories more per day. Okay. Right. So they were below maintenance, losing weight. And then they would go up 500 calories. Oh, no, sorry. It was a thousand calorie jump. So they were 500 calories below maintenance for 11 days and then they would go 500 above maintenance which is a thousand, so a thousand. calorie jump yeah. Yeah, yeah right and they would do that for three days and then back down so it was 11 days low three days high that particular group had the most consistent weight loss per week 
without it slowing down for the duration of the study. So, you know, there's a lot of evidence that, you know, some kind of zigzag really helps the process, especially if you're dealing with like natty people, right? That aren't using cytomel and fuck. I mean, <laughs> there's a certain amount of bulletproofing you can do where it just doesn't matter if your calories fucking fluctuate. Yeah, um, yeah. You're just going to keep losing fat. But, um, but yeah, if you're, you're trying to like make it easy, easier to, you know, get your body rolling, I think some kind of moving around is good. That's why we do high days. That's why we, so, you know, if you're just trying to be low maintenance and not like, you know, you don't want to complicate it. You could just say like, you know, leg day and back day. I do this with my food. Or you could say Mm -hmm. Wednesdays and Saturdays. I do this with my food. Or you could say Saturday, Sunday. I do this with my food. Like, you know, but you have to set it up for your lifestyle too. And your split. What makes sense for you? That's why I don't like other people telling people like exactly how to carb cycle. Cause it's like, how do you want a carb cycle? Cause you can do this a bunch of different ways. Yeah. But you know, we know that there's something to it. So try to, you know, implement it. Plus a diet only works if you can stick to it. And some kind of caloric cycling helps people stick to their diets. We just know this long-term, especially if we're not just talking about like super hardcore fucking shredded glute guys that want to win the Olympia, you know, if we're dealing with just regular people that want to look good all the time, it's gotta be some kind of like, you know, some kind of like space there for them to operate. Scott, will you pull up the question again? Because he was talking off season, wasn't he? Yeah, he's talking about. Uh, let's see, here we go. He's he was talking fix, about correct. Yeah, doing like a lower day yeah. on his non-training so, days, two rest so days. What would you say about that, uh, you guys? As far as what's the benefit of an intentional carb cycling? Because I would typically I carb cycle with everyone, but it's in the off season. But it's based on the fact that well, you're doing less on these two days or three days, so we eat a little less. So it's it is caloric cycling, but the output has also went down, you know, yeah. maybe not exactly, but it's went down. Um, do you see a benefit to that? Um, but by doing something like that. So oh. I, Oh, who's talking? Sorry. You, you go ahead. Go ahead. So I think that the amount of calories we burn training is actually really overrated. I don't think it's that many. It's obviously we get the carryover, but guys like us get massive carryover every single day from every single workout. And during our rest days, I don't really believe there's a noticeable drop in caloric expenditure. I think if you just lay on the couch all day training the way we do, if you have your one day where you don't train, it's like your body doesn't slow down that day at all. It's still like, you know, fixing your quads and your damaged hamstrings and your when your damaged lat cells and your damaged bicep cells and all the problems that it's fixing at the same time. So I don't really think that I, the, the idea makes more sense from just like a, you know how things like we can get into a groove with things, eating less on your rest days. Well, it's kind of easy to do. You take out the intra-workout drink, yeah. maybe pull some yeah. carbs from meal five, and it's like a groove people can get into. But I don't right. necessarily think there's like a whole lot of like, you know, it's not magic. Well, yeah, you're I, not pulling out 500 calories that you were burning because you weren't burning 500 calories at the gym. Two, two yeah, thoughts. I just, I, I don't know. I just, I like, I had high days. Sorry, guys. I had high days um, on my on my days off too, and I. That's what I was going to bring up. I was just going to bring he that up. Me, yeah, 
he had me do my high days on my on my rest days because that was when I could eat the most food. He's like, okay, you got two hours here where you're not training. You can shovel more food. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, very true. So Plus, I don't know. I think that's the other thing that gets tricky with clients, especially if they're in a prep mode. I will. I would feed them, you know, for the day. And they're like, well, I can still do cardio, right? I'm like, no, I don't want to do cardio. And train at 70%. They want to go into the gym and annihilate it hmm. because they've been given more food. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. For this time period, I, I, I want your body to have that food, not your workout. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. I, I, I think that the average person, like, obviously, when you're trying to, you know, competing, like, I love lower carbs on rest days during a diet because you got to give them the carbs. Like, they're going to eat a certain amount of carbs. I, I, you know, you got to pull it from somewhere. So it, I like that idea. But I, I see a lot of like, you know, recreational people and off-season people that are really like mentally obsessed with the concept that they have to eat less on their rest day. Huh. Right. And I've seen it like taken to really strange levels. Like this one guy that I saw his off-season diet, and it was from a coach that I think is like, Ugh. but I saw his off-season diet. And it was like training days looked like an off-season diet, right? Like typical, like, right. you know, cup and a half of rice, eight ounces of beef, banana, you know, blah, 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 whatever the fuck you're eating, right? And then his rest days were like 100 grams of carbs. Huh. He was in a deficit. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm like, you think, that, like, you think that's how your body works? Like, oh, it's right. a, I'm not training at five o'clock today, so I'm just going to fucking eat no carbs all day. Right. Because I'm not training later. And my body's still recovering from legs yesterday, but fuck that, right? Yeah. You know, why would I feed yep. the workout I did on Tuesday that's still being repaired? Like, that's how your body, your body doesn't work like today and then tomorrow. And they're like separate metabolic events that don't overlap at all. That's what I <laughs> right. wish people would, would, would realize. Like, your body's like, <laughs> it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't work like that. I got I one thing I'll add in because I did want to bring that up, Ron. The 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 because that was fascinating to me when you told us about how Chad had you eating even more on your off days, which is so counter to to what you hear a lot yeah. of times. But the other thing I'll say is, so the guys trying to set this diet up, my thought would be, I probably like my just personal take on how I do things out the gate, just starting a new diet, trying to get this clean food together. He hasn't been on any kind of plan before. I'd probably just try to figure out what he needed to do as a baseline. And for me, I would probably keep it the same every day to start yeah. because you got to see like, well, what can I handle? And then intuitively over time, it would become probably for me, the way I do things higher on training days. Cause then we might be like, let's like, like, let's say he gets a cup of rice with every meal or whatever, you know, 45 carbs with every meal. Mm -hmm. Then you might be like, okay, pre and post workout, let's do two cups. And now, right. guess what? Your non-training day is lower, right? But you didn't like yeah, just you didn't add it to those days. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yes, so. that's perfect way to explain it, Scott. So you don't even need either one of us because that was like essentially <laughs> the whole. He's known answer. that for quite some time. Actually, <laughs> it's like the Dusty and I babble for ten minutes, and Scott's like, "Hey, here's what you do: start with a cup. If you don't grow, add a cup on your training day." Okay, next question. Simple. <laughs> Why did this take you guys five minutes to not really answer? And the whole basis of my five minute babble was keeping things simple. <laughs> <laughs> Took five minutes of not simpleness to explain simple. God's like, hey, fuck that. Cup of rice per meal. Not growing. Go to two cups. Next. 
Greg, he was so nice though because he, he answered it so Canadian. He sat he through all that. He didn't show us that he was annoyed by our stupidity. He held that waiting. in while no, he waited. It's through the talking <laughs> that more comes out. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, it's good. We're not buying that shit. It's all good. <laughs> we have there with it with a crinklecov or whatever he calls it. <laughs> Crinkoff, yeah. You know, Crink -off. Sometimes. sitting there with his crinkoff. <laughs> We're trying to answer the question with a scalpel, and Scott came in and answered it with a sledgehammer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we have so many training questions, guys. This is like, I'm going to, so when we title this, it'll right, be so like. this really is just bodybuilding? Weird. Yeah, I'll call this like the training question episode or something like that. All right, question. I, I keep hearing that my old bro split should be thrown out in favor of working a muscle group two to three times a week. Problem is that I can't seem to get sore when I do this, and I can't help but thinking it is because volume uh, on each muscle, each session is too low. Most notably is my quads. I also can't get sore on them no matter what I do and can't cannot work out three plus hours a day. Thoughts on this from Bigger Faster. Scott, this has been a long episode, so why don't you go ahead and answer, Scott, and we'll just sit quietly. <laughs> Oh man, I was curious to hear your guys' your guys' opinions on this one though. This is gonna get really long. Scott can do it in like a minute, so go ahead, Scott, handle this. It is it is uh, a longer episode, isn't it? Um I'll just say this brief I'll try to be brief with it that it is real popular now to do like the you know the the higher frequency splits. And I do think that there is a lot of benefit to that. If you can get in the gym more frequently, uh, you're if you can train your legs, say 104 times per week versus or 104 times per year versus 52, you're going to get more uh, more uh, chances to grow your legs. The key is you have to be able to recover from that. I wouldn't necessarily say that getting sore needs to happen. Uh, you don't need to be crippled from your leg day in order to have gotten a response to grow from it, but. You know, the, the thought is, I think that if you are going to do higher frequency, that does require lower volume and then that requires higher intensity. So if he doesn't have the intensity to really power through and kill it with less half as many sets, let's say, then maybe it's just not for him. Plus, at the end of the day, you got to be able to do a workout that you enjoy. If you don't enjoy your workout, you're not going to want to stick to it. So no matter how what the science says or what anybody says on YouTube or on Facebook or Instagram, the key is that you you do your workout that you like to do, and that's going to provide more growth than doing a workout you hate. Told you we didn't need to answer. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. I got nothing. Nothing. Got nothing. And he kept adding the things that I was like, oh, he didn't mention this yet. And then he added. Like, oh, fuck, okay. it. This is going to be a great episode. We're going to call this one Ask Scott. Ask Scott. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> I, I I know that that there we we don't really uh, as far as I know you know Scott might be more up on this than I am but we don't really totally understand muscle soreness and yet do we because it occurs for different reasons and in, in different levels and it doesn't seem like it's directly tied to growth because nope. you know you always get guys that say oh yeah you know my best body part is my delts and they never get sore. Yep. And then take me, like my worst body part was my calves and I can get them crippled, sore, where I can't even flex them. And I can do it anytime, anytime. You could tell me, hey, train calves today and make them super sore and I'll make them so sore you wouldn't even believe it. But they don't grow like my delts did. My delts barely ever got sore. Yeah. So it was like this weird thing with soreness. We can't really 
focus on it. I, I know it's difficult because I came from like the Dorian days where like, you know, you wore your fucking soreness like a badge, you know? Yeah. But, you when know, you it isn't in battle. You know, it isn't like absolutely needed, but I know it's a great sign because it means you're targeting things. Like there's no better feeling than training back. And the next day, all your back muscles are sore, but your rear delts aren't and your biceps <laughs> yeah. aren't. Right. You know, that feeling where you like targeted sure. perfectly, like the entire lat sore and the traps and all the muscles in the lump, in the rectors. And so it's, it's a great indicator that you know how to train. That's mm-hmm. what I think soreness is like really good that you know what you're doing when you move weights, you know, or you're just surviving massive risky loads. <laughs> Seems pointed. Know, Thanks. Yeah, you know, <laughs> not hurt yet. <laughs> Okay. Right. We had a few more, but we should probably end this this episode. It's here. a long one. Okay. <laughs> yes. A long one. That's good. It's good. Okay. Remember everybody, thanks for YouTube questions. We prioritize them. And uh, you know, it helps us, it helps us connect with the viewer, you know? You get this, yeah. we get this with the YouTube questions. Um, like, share, subscribe, comment. Ring the bell. That was my st- so you didn't keep going. Do you like that, Dusty? Oh, I just added right. that for you. There you go. That's beautiful. <laughs> Damn. Okay. And remember our mutant codes. Uh, I am mutant.com, Big Ron 20. And if you're in Canada and Dusty 20, if you're in the United States. <laughs> or anywhere else. They both work. <laughs> do not. That is a, Do not perpetuate that lie. It only works in Canada. <laughs> I've been meeting people in the States for years. You know, I always wanted to use your code, but I just, I mean, I'm not Canadian. So I never it doesn't did. work. So <laughs> oh, said it once. Okay. Great. Okay. Remember everybody, it's just bodybuilding. <laughs>